Welcome to episode two of Chronically Jill, the podcast where I, Jillian, also known as the Fibro Rebel Online, will tell you all about my life with chronic illnesses, bring you more fun facts about fibromyalgia, and tell you the story of someone's day-to-day life with chronic illnesses. My pronouns are she, her. This is an independent podcast, which I am recording in my kitchen. We have a lot, and I mean a lot of animals and kids. So if there is occasionally barking in the background or other noises, like my kids, please understand. I will try to edit them out, but since I'm still figuring all of this out, please be patient with me. There is a pretty good chance that this episode is going to contain explicit language, so be prepared for that. As this is an independent podcast, I would love it if you supported me on Patreon or Acast. For as little as $2 a month, you can get access to early episodes, ad-free content, and more. If that's not something you're interested in, that's absolutely okay. I'm thankful for your support in just listening and sharing. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. As always, we're going to start off with more fun facts about fibromyalgia. Today's fun fact is about allodynia. If this is a new word for you, that's okay. It was for me too until recently. Allodynia means that one is extremely sensitive to touch and pain. It means that things that are not usually painful can be incredibly painful. Some fun examples are brushing one's hair, scratching an itch, wearing certain clothes, or the temperature outside. I use the word fun a lot when I really don't mean it. Allodynia is a type of neuropathic pain, also known as nerve pain. It isn't just fibromyalgia sufferers who deal with it. It comes hand in hand with many different conditions, including diabetes, complex regional pain syndrome, or CRPS, MS, migraines, nutritional deficiencies, shingles, and trauma. Certain medications can also make you more sensitive to pain and lead to allodynia. Outside of these conditions, allodynia is much rarer. Temporary allodynia can be caused by things like sunburns. They hurt to touch or run, or it hurts to run hot or cold water over them, for example. This is a good time to throw in that I am not a medical professional in any way, shape, or form. All of my information comes from my personal experiences, the experiences of others, research, and doctors that I have seen over the years. There are three different types of allodynia, and I actually didn't know this until I started researching it for this episode. The first is dynamic or mechanic allodynia, which is when the pain is caused by something moving across the skin. The second is static or tactile allodynia, which is from pressure or a gentle touch. The third is thermal allodynia, which is caused by changes in temperature. 
The pain signals that our bodies react to are called nociceptors. They are specialized nerves that sense things like temperature or pain stimuli. What is super interesting about them is that they don't have to send information back to the brain like most nerves do. They can react immediately to whatever stimuli they are sensing. This is why you react to things like touching something hot instantly before you even realize what is happening. These nerves can become sensitized and they will start reacting like certain things are painful even though they normally wouldn't be. This is what allodynia is. It is also very important to mention that this is very real pain. We feel it. It truly exists and it can be debilitating. It may seem ridiculous to people who don't feel things like this, watching someone react to a small touch like they're getting burned or cut. However, for us, it is incredibly real and it is so, so painful. Not to mention that it can be mentally exhausting to have people constantly telling you that what you're feeling shouldn't hurt. It happens all the time. Most people mean well. At least I hope they do. But that kind of thing is so very not helpful. If you're listening to this and you're a caretaker or you love someone who has chronic illnesses, please never invalidate their pain. I have gotten so down before about people doing the same thing over and over that hurts me. It's usually something small like squeezing my arm or giving a little massage that I just end up letting them do it because it's easier than trying to explain every single time how much it hurts me. And that sucks so much. I should be able to say, hey, that hurts me. It may not hurt you and it might even feel good to you. But every single time you do that to me, it feels like you're stabbing me without being afraid of offending someone or having them reply, well, that shouldn't hurt. You're just sensitive or being called a wimp or any of those delightful colloquialisms that people are so eager to use. <laughs> They don't fully know how many people have allodynia. Around 10% of Americans have some type of nerve pain, and around 15 to 20% of Americans with nerve pain have allodynia. I'm not even American, and I just find it so much easier to get American stats. Go figure. I'm also terrible at math, so I can't figure out any of that. But if you can, maybe shoot me a message on Patreon or something and tell me. There are many different ways to treat allodynia. Oral medications, topical medications, counseling and therapy. It can change your biofeedback and can apparently change the way that you respond to pain. And I really wish therapy wasn't so expensive because that doesn't sound too bad. Uh, physiotherapy, nerve block injections, and finally, in extreme situations, spinal cord stimulation surgery. Or, depending on what your symptoms are, you can make adjustments at home. Like I, for instance, shaved my head a year ago because my, my hair hurt and my scalp hurt all the time. It was down to my collarbones and every time it moved, my scalp felt like it was on fire and my hair was being ripped out. I couldn't even put my hair up in a ponytail. Shaving my head was instant relief and I have never regretted it. Okay, I never regretted it until I started trying to grow my hair back out. Turns out I love the way my head looks shaved and I love the way my hair looks long, but I the in-between, not a big fan. That's why I have so many wigs <laughs> until it gets too hot to wear them like it is now. Even though it's only 10 to 15 degrees out Celsius, again, not American, don't speak American, I'm sorry. 
Uh, because of my sensitivity to temperature, I can only wear them in the dead of winter or else I overheat, which honestly sucks because I really like wearing wigs. According to the internet, the best preventions for allodynia are getting lots of exercise, knowing your history. If you have a family history of fibro, MS, diabetes, or stroke, you may need to be getting more regular checkups. Uh, maintaining a healthy weight, which I don't fully buy into. Healthy weight for everyone is different, and fat is a thing that we all have, not something we are. Some people have more than others, some people have less, and the fact that we put so much stress on how much fat we have seems silly to me. And living a healthy life is incredibly important, and diet plays such a huge part in our lives, but we don't need to be killing ourselves to be thin when that might not be our version of healthy. I could very clearly go on about this for a very long time, and I'm not going to. I might in a later episode because I have a lot of feelings about this, but I'm not going to right now. If you are showing signs of allodynia, then the best thing to do is to talk to your healthcare provider because it can be a sign of something else going on, and it's always best to get it checked out as soon as you can. I'm going to take a little break now, and I will be back, and we're going to be talking with Renee. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back. I am very excited to welcome Renee onto the podcast to tell us a little bit of her story in dealing with chronic illnesses. But first, I would very much like to apologize to Renee because I am very new at this and I stopped recording before I thanked her for coming on and I just don't like that. So I want to just add... <laughs> 
that I'm so thankful to you, Renee, for coming on. And I really enjoyed talking to you. And I hope that we can keep in touch. Okay, got it. (laughs) You are absolutely gorgeous. Oh my God, as are you. (laughs) Curling a little bit, so you have to excuse me. That's okay. I love all your TikToks. It's been so helpful for me. So I just want to say a quick thanks. Yeah, you know, I really like making them and it's, I seem to, a lot of people get a lot out of them, but I think I get more than anyone else because I've learned so much and I get to talk to so many people. I just love it. That's great. Yeah. So how are you doing today? I'm doing well. It's been a hectic day and it's miserable outside. It's rainy and temperatures dropping very fast. Here in Chicago, the weather is, you know, one minute it's 60 and the next minute it's 35. So, (laughs) yeah, we're on the West Coast of Canada and we're the same thing. Um, I struggle with American temperatures, but we're at it's like 15 and nice today. And then yesterday it was below freezing and we had snow. Oh, right. Yeah. I don't (laughs) even know. It's that time of year. Same place. Weather wise. We are in exactly the same place. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, I just have some questions. We'll just chat if that's okay. Just. Yeah, of course. All right. This is my first, this is my first one doing this. So it's really exciting. I'm ever doing this either. I'm okay, really. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. we'll jumble through together. Awesome. Okay. So um, could you just tell me what the diagnosis process was like for you? Sure. It was um, miserable and very uh, spanned um, over a decade um, from really when I first started having symptoms that were, you know, just described to me as idiopathic. Um, Blood work was all great and you're healthy and you're young. And because I was in my, you know, mid thirties then. Um, And that started with chronic eukaterea, um, that was unexplained, as well as joint and muscle pain, um, muscle spasms, a lot that I couldn't figure out. I was fairly athletic. And uh, so I just wasn't sure what was going on. And I would go to the doctor and they would basically make me feel a little crazy. Um, I also had, a, my sister had a, um, she has autoimmune disease and um she, you know, so I didn't know if maybe it was something autoimmune. Um, so yeah, I saw tons of doctors, changed general practitioners probably five times. Saw four neurologists in total, a rheumatologist who just kept telling me to stop eating carbs. And then finally, a neurologist in February. Um, early February, who uh, did some EEG tests, some nerve testing. And um, he is the one who finally said, you know, I'm going to say this is fibromyalgia. So it is a fairly new diagnosis, yet I feel like I've had this almost, you know, half my life. I think almost everyone who gets diagnosed feels like that because it's like, oh, okay, so it actually is something. Oh, good. Um, Yeah, you do start to feel as if it's in your head, you know, and there are so many, as I've been finding out from you and, and, and research, there are so many mental components to fibromyalgia that, you know, kind of being gaslit all the time just makes that so much worse. 
Yeah. And like, I don't know about you, but I felt like I was just lazy and because yeah. you like everyone else can do these things. I, I can't do them. I must just be lazy. Right. But sorry. Uh, you said eucateria. Is that a chronic eucateria? It's just hives. It's just okay. the, uh, yeah. The uh, medical term, I guess, terminology for hives. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure what that was. Thanks yeah. for clarifying. <laughs> No, um, yeah, no allergen. I, I actually went to get allergy tested a few times and I would fail the test because I would react to everything, even water. <laughs> no one's allergic to water. So yeah, so that's why so I could never, so they just kept throwing drugs at me. Yeah, they like to do that. I should um, probably mention that um, what really, uh, you know, muscle pain, joint pain, all over miserable, but functioning, you know, I could function until 2018. I had an appendectomy um, because I had, you know, a emergency ap- appendectomy and the, I have been in severe pain ever since. I couldn't heal from the appendectomy and I've had nerve pain chronic nerve pain, neuropathy. Um, you know, it's just been terrible. That's so awful. I'm really (laughs) sorry that you went through that and have you healed from it now or is it still an ongoing issue? No, it's the, I'm on a lot of gabapentin, uh, tons of gabapentin, uh, that dulls, you know, takes the edge off of the nerve pain and the, uh, now I'm seeing a physiatrist who is supposedly a fibromyalgia guru. I'm not feeling very hopeful, but, um, <laughs> trying anyway. And she, uh, put me on Cymbalta. Okay. And that helped with a lot of the depression and the anxiety. Well, that's good. Cause those, yeah can get so bad sometimes with anyone who has to deal with chronic illnesses. Um, Walk me through what like a day is in your life dealing with all this. Hey, I work full time um, in an office three days a week and then home two days a week. So uh, generally I, you know, my boss is, he's, he knows about a lot of my issues. So he allows me the flexibility I need if I'm not having a great morning just work from home, try to come in another day. Oftentimes, like I had a flare up over Christmas that just knocked me. I mean, I, I was just down for probably two and a half weeks and he let me work from home pretty much the entire time. So, so that's, yeah, I go to work, I come home, I'm exhausted. I try to get in some exercise, um, either by taking a walk or doing, I've been to, been going to physical therapy. So I do some physical therapy exercises if I can. I just try to do as much as I can, even if it's not very much at all. Yeah, that's one of the things I say all the time is that you can only ever do your best and it changes constantly. And that bar is never in the same place. No, and because I know I get like down on myself when I'm like, oh, well, yesterday I did all this stuff and I can't today. That means that just today is awful. But no, it's not. It's, you know, you just got to roll with it sometimes. And yes, yeah, so, uh, so you had talked about what medications you were on. So are you still on the gabapentin? Yes, I am. I've so I after the surgery, um, to finally get me to where I wasn't in just terrible pain to where I can function, they had me on like 900 milligrams of gabapentin. And then after a while, 
I was able to go down to 300 milligrams. That was probably close to 2019, I would say. I'm on 1800 milligrams now. Oh my goodness. That's so much. It's terrible. I have awful side effects. So that's why they're starting me on the Cymbalta to try to wean me down from the gabapentin. Yeah. I, I was on 900 mils of gabapentin for almost a decade. And suddenly I randomly started getting side effects from it. Nothing else changed. Like my routines didn't change my diet medications, nothing. And suddenly it was making me faint and pass out. I ended up in a wheelchair for an entire summer just because I couldn't walk right without fainting and they thought there was something else going on because I had been on gabapentin for so long and then finally they were like oh maybe maybe let's try let's stop this and just everything got so much better and I was like oh because it was great for so long I just I didn't understand but and I think it's one of those things some people have great results on it and some people just don't right but I'm I I've been getting used to it. It's so quickly. And I was on, I think I was on probably about 900 prior to my flare in December. And she had me double the dose in order to get me, you know, where I can function and set it feel, you know, I I wasn't able to walk without a cane, Mm -hmm. um, still trying to work and do, you know, kind of just live my life <laughs> as I could. And, um, and I still haven't come down from that since the flare. So I'm very nervous because even though I'm weaning, I'm already f- having like neuropathy in my hands really bad. And um, uh, my anxiety is starting to increase just because that we're messing with that level. So yeah, it's just never easy, you know? Do you get like the, the brain squeezes or the brain zaps when you try to come down from it? Okay. That's brain zaps, which I've heard a lot of people, I saw, you know, I read the comments on the Facebook, the fibro family and stuff. And I actually had to look up and like, what is it? Maybe I have had them, (laughs) Uh, but what I do, I often just kind of stare off into space for long periods of time. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I kind of fall asleep when I'm awake. It's- yeah, I didn't. The the brain zaps when I weaned off of it, it was the worst thing. And like, I've quit a lot of things in my life. I was a former addict. I've quit doing hard drugs. I've quit smoking. I've quit drinking. Gabapentin was the hardest. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and like, just, it, fe- it felt like there was... It is actually an absolutely awful idea and it can be very dangerous. Please do not do this. It is not recommended. Hands around your brain, just squeezing it all day. It felt like Pardon me? Painting spells, did you have to go off cold turkey? I weaned down still, but because I was feeling so awful, I did it quicker than my doctor wanted me to because mm-hmm. I knew that it was what was causing the problems and I didn't want to spend six months weaning off of it. So I accelerated it, which probably not the best idea, but random disclaimer. It is actually an absolutely awful idea and it can be very dangerous. Please do not do this. It is not recommended. 
you said you would use a cane before. How's your mobility now? Do you still use a cane sometimes? When I have a bad flare up, it usually hits me in my lower extremities. And I mean, not that I don't have pain in my shoulders and terrible headaches and neuropathy, but it's, it's in my leg. It's my legs. I can't, you know, walk properly in order to lift my leg. The weakness is there. The, the constant pain to like get my leg on a bed. I just like pull my pant leg, you know, learn little things, little tips to do, uh, to just kind of help us get by. But, um, yeah, that was probably one of the worst flares I've had. And has having to use a cane been okay for you? I know a lot of people out there really struggle with the idea of having to use one when they're not 90 years old. And is that something you've experienced or gone through? Probably if I were younger, you know, being 52, I, I just don't give a crap anymore. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I mean, I just, I've gotten to the, you know, there are things where I, and maybe it's because I work in the construction industry. I'm usually the only woman in a room for, you know, I was at a meeting today with 15 men walking around a plant, this and that. So if I had a cane, you know, maybe they would hold my bag. I don't know. I don't feel bad at all. I really don't. But I do understand that that why that would be an issue for a lot of people. And it just breaks my heart. You know, it's one thing that you don't need when your health feels like it's failing you and your mental health feels like it's failing you to have to feel self-conscious on top of that um, would just be, yeah, a lot. Yeah. I've been using one on and off since I was 25. And um, when I was first having to, I got, I think I just started avoiding the people who I knew were going to ask me because you start to pick up on who, you know, is going to talk to you, but it was always like really old people and like the elderly, they would come up and they'd be like, you're too young to need that. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, I can't walk. What do you want me to do? Miss 78 and she would be one of the ladies asking you that because she just has no filter anymore and I've never really been bothered with people asking me about things I've I've used walking aids for over a decade on and off and I would always have kids come up and ask me why I need it and stuff like that and their parents get horrified and I'm like no they're interested yeah. I'm wondering, they want to learn something. I'll teach them. I don't mind. And so exactly. many people are like, teach your kids to not ask people about their disabilities. And I'm, I'm like, no, we, we should, because if, that's, if you teach them to ignore people like that and to not question it or learn about it, it just, it makes that divide bigger, I think. And yeah, totally. Okay. So Sorry, I totally, my lap, my iPad turned off and now my dog's barking. They're always <laughs> barking. I have so many animals. Okay, so you're, okay, you're a parent. You said your kids were in their 20s now? Yes. Okay, and when they were growing up, did you have any of the issues that you have now or was it kind of smooth sailing until they were adults? No, no. Issues that I have now, just, you know, no reason for it, no. For it, uh, 
I, when I, I divorced when my boys were relatively young and my mom was struggling at the time. So we kind of moved in together. So, uh, which was invaluable to me because then on those, you know, days or weekends where I didn't have any for no reason, or I couldn't get out, but we don't know why. Um, she was there to help me. And, um, you know, I was very lucky in that, res- in that regard. Yeah, that's so good. I know my, I was a single parent for a really long time and my mom was amazing and just so helpful. And I hope if my kids ever have to deal with something like that, I'll be there for them too. Here. Are you married now? I am. I just got married in September. Really? Yeah. To my high school best friend. Yes. Okay. Tell me a little about that. It doesn't have a lot to do with chronic illnesses, but I need to know that sounds awesome. Very tumultuous story that would take probably a week to go through (laughs) it all. But um, we, we have been kind of, we were friends in high school and then we had a brief romantic involvement um, when we were in our 20s. We reunited in our 30s and lived together and then broke up in this horrifying way. And then, then we just finally kind of got our shit together. And I mean, honestly, I, my mental health has struggled so much that um, he is an even keel kind of person husband it's 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 been very difficult for him with my highs and my lows you know it's uh (laughs) maybe they should have a podcast yeah I'm the exact same I'm an emotional person I lead with emotion and my husband does not yeah and (laughs) but I've been with people like my first husband and everything, we were both emotional people and that doesn't work out because we yeah. like, I'll get escalated now. And my husband's like, no, we're okay. We're going to talk. And, but I've been with people who would just escalate with me and no, it never ends yeah. well. It's nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool though. That's, I I love stories. I really, yeah. He's an excellent writer and I keep telling him like, when are you going to write our story down? And he's like, maybe one day, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Just humor me. Okay. Um, And how has your chronic illnesses affected your marriage, your home life? Because you guys seem to just be settling and like not, not settling for each other, like settling into a married life. Right. You know, (laughs) he's been aware that, I mean, for the past 15 years, especially I have been struggling. Um, He's been with me to doctor's appointments. He sat with me and cried when I've, you know, gone to yet another doctor who told me to stop eating carbs or lose weight (laughs) when that would solve all of my problems and make, you know, and he's been with me when I've been so emotional over that stuff that I, you know, felt like I was losing my mind. Um, It's been very hard on our relationship and, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm a good gal. 
and I'm not having these terrible lows and, and struggling. Um, I'm a really good partner and I'm hoping that that's maybe why he stuck around because he's a good one. Yeah. Well, love is love. And if they're willing to stick with you through stuff like that, they're a keeper. Well, that's what it's about, right? I mean, I know I would stick, you know, by people that I love. That's, I mean, that's the sickness and unhealth thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I know my husband's the same way. It's really hard sometimes. And it like, I know I've talked to some people and they're like, oh, it doesn't really affect our relationship that much. I'm like, I think you're um, a little delusional because there's no way it doesn't. Right. I disappoint my family constantly. And it's really hard because I'll wake up in the morning and I'm good. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to go to the park today. We're going to go after lunch. I just have stuff to do. And then I do the stuff and I'm done. And I like, I just, I feel so bad having to say no to my kids sometimes, but it comes with it. And right. It's just, are are they just, you know, they know sometimes mom's just had enough and we, you know, yeah. And it's hard. And because they, I don't want them to have to deal with that. Like, that's right. the thing. I don't want them to have to, but we, we do. And oh, okay. On that kind of sad note, a lot of people just talk about what's bad about their chronic illnesses. Has it brought anything good to your life? Um, yeah, it's not the easiest question. Sorry. Um, I think what it, if I, you know, had to really think about it. That one caught me by surprise because I mean, I guess I believe there's a lesson in everything, you know, and on one hand, it, it showed me that I am tougher than I thought, but on another hand, it showed me that I'm weaker, if that makes sense. I don't know, you know, I was a really tough cookie when I was young. So the fact that I am kind of a kind of lovey-dovey emotional lump of flesh now is not some, it's, it's not, I would not have picked that, you know, for my future. I would not have said, oh, that's me in the future because I was very strong, but, you know, being in pain, you get very tired and it wears your resolve down just a little bit. But, um, but I do think that I'm optimistic and hopeful. And um, maybe I wouldn't be those things if everything was perfect all the time. That was like a beautiful answer. I like that. Oh, was it? I- <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's not an easy question. It, like, it doesn't exactly spark joy. <laughs> but You know, also did... Um, my younger sister, who was six years my junior, had she was chronically ill from the time she was nine years old. And I was supportive of her and I loved her, but there was nothing I could do to help her. And it gives you this feeling of helplessness. And so when I started having a lot of these issues and then, you know, basically having chronic pain and now having a name for that, I understand a lot more from her perspective. And um, 
that that feels good. It feels like another connection that I have with her. That's really nice. Yeah, it's, I, I think it, I think it brings a lot of people more empathy. Cause yes, exactly. Like any, any invisible illness, cause you're the only one that feels it. You're the only one that knows what you're going through. And I've started looking at other people. Like when people do something that's annoying, I'm like, they might be dealing with a lot that I wouldn't have even thought about before. Um, so do you ever feel like alone or isolated? I do, especially during um, the pandemic with lockdown. Well, like everyone did, but um, a lot of my friend group carried on um, as normal. And they, I was very protective of not only my own health, but of my mom's health. I needed to be, um, I'm basically her caregiver. So if she needed me, she doesn't live here, but she lives close by. And if she needed me, I needed to be able to spend time with her without being worried about getting her sick. Um, so I did feel isolated and I do feel isolated, alike, isolated from my, lot. <laughs> I'm sorry, sometimes I can't speak. And um, like they drink, I don't drink because of you know, all this medicine and they can stay out really late and stay up and I leave by 930 because I'm exhausted or I'm falling asleep on their couch. So there is like an isolating element about all of this beyond the pandemic. I just don't have the energy. <laughs> no, I hear you. My friends all live at least an hour away from me because we moved way out to the suburbs to be able to buy a house and they're all closer to the city still. And they're all just having babies now. And my youngest is seven and it's, it just, you know, it just keeps people apart a bit, but I hear yeah. you. It's at least, it sounds like you've kept some of it going. So that's really nice. Oh, yes, we do. You know, I see them. I think it's just been uh, difficult for them to, you know, I, I think they thought I was like making an excuse. I mean, I don't want to go home and go to bed because I'm, you know, I'm bored or it's not, I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm just I'm just done. And I think until I had, you know, a name for what this is, they just thought, oh, she's, you know, why is she so tired? Yeah. I know my mom was like that. She was, she's probably going to listen to this and be like, why are you talking about me? But she was like, you're tired all the time. Like, you, no one's tired that much. Like there's what, why are you tired all the time? I'm like, I don't know. I just, I'm just lazy. <laughs> Like I'm not trying to be, but yeah, it's different. Once you have a tangible thing where you can say, I have this look here, let's look up the symptoms and learn about it and stuff like that. It's, it, it shouldn't, but I think it allows other people to understand more. Like if you just say I'm in pain, it's, they're like, oh, well, we're all in pain. Exactly. And, and like, yeah, for, you know, right. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think I, the pain that I have after having this surgery, I don't think any, I, I don't know, except somebody else experiencing that pain. I don't think my friends can get it because I never thought that I was going to be had like dealing with this for the rest of my life. You know, I thought doctors can fix things. I didn't realize practicing medicine was really a true thing. 
yeah, it's, I find that a lot of people get like really kind of almost not necessarily excited, but they're like, yes, I have something I can talk about it. This is what I have. And then you're like, oh, this is forever. This is what I have. And it's, it just feels like a weight settles down. Yeah. Um, so what's something that you uh, wish um, other people or caretakers knew about fibromyalgia? Um, I wish they, they considered it a legitimate thing because I think a lot of people, I think there is still some kind of, oh, you know, that's that crazy women's disease. <laughs> I've actually heard people say, oh yeah, that's the thing just women get, you know? And I, I'm like, I do think a small percentage of men actually do are diagnosed with this. And I do think that it's not really taken, um, that's seriously in the medical community, to be perfectly honest. I don't think it is either. And I said that be on my desk. I just saw oh. Oh. <laughs> what is happening? I have so many cats. Um, <laughs> How many cats do you have? Oh, I have two dogs and three cats, four kids. And oh our in-laws live in our basement suite with their dog. It's oh such a busy house. Wow. Yeah. I love it. I grew up as an only child with just my mom and my grandma. And I just, I love having the chaos and everything. And sometimes it's really overwhelming, but yeah. for the most part, it's so nice. That does sound really nice. My house is very quiet right now. So um, my oldest just moved out, which is a good thing. <laughs> um, my youngest hopefully will follow suit soon. And it's a good thing for them um, because it just makes me lonely and miss them, but you know, they have to live their lives. Yeah, for sure. I know I'm already dreading my kids moving out, but then I'm like, they're going to move out and we can, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't like, I don't like our house very much. We bought just a big house because it fits our family Yeah, and it's what we needed. But I, I like like older homes with tons of character and stuff like that. And this is just. I don't know. It's just boring. Yeah. But that's okay. One day. You, you brought the character though. Yeah. We're trying. You know, oh, family. You're <laughs> okay. I lost my place in my list of questions. Sorry. I'm gonna... no. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you had mentioned that someone that the doctor told you to cut out carbs. Did you do that? Multiple doctors <laughs> told me to cut out carbs. And I did cut out carbs um, after being told the first time um, I lost a bunch of weight. My joint pain did not go away. My hives did not go away. The muscle spasms I was getting did not go away. My migraines did not go away. <laughs> not away except for some of my ass, which then rapidly came back <laughs> because you just cannot live off of carbs forever in my opinion I can't I I know people that do and I don't understand it I know I got the same advice and I cut out like all gluten and carbs okay. and everything and I got like maybe like that much more energy yeah. and I was miserable because I love food <laughs> So, and you know, we have a big family and I hated having to cook two meals because I'm not going to force my kids to do that. And uh, it was just, it was rough. So it's the same thing. And I was eating like, 
garbage convenience meals just so I didn't have to cook two meals, you know? And I'm like, what is the point of this? I'm just consuming, you know, preservatives and chemicals instead of just eating actual food because I'm avoiding, you know, it was just, it was not good. Yeah. So have you found there's anything like not carbs, but anything else that like affects you like sugar, caffeine or anything like that? Um, I try and I mean, I have a lot of weird skin conditions too, that I don't know if they're related to fibromyalgia or not. Um, but I like the more sugar I eat, the worse those conditions are. So I do try to limit, although I still have, you know, a teaspoon in my coffee every day. And if my husband brings home some really good pie, I'm not going to not have a piece of pie. So I just try and be sensible, you know, and I can't lose weight. So I'm not really even trying anymore. I just try and do the best I can, like everything else and get some exercise and sunshine when it's there. (laughs) So is it going to start warming up there soon? I hope so. It, it, you know, started warming up and then it's rapidly fallen back into the thirties. So yeah. And Sorry, I, 32 is freezing, right? Yes. Okay. Five? Five is somewhere around there now. I know some of it. I worked down in California for a couple months once, and it was always over 90. So I know that that's really hot. Really hot, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not great with the lower end. Woo. No. That was it. Um, do you have anything that you didn't get to say that you would want people to know? Um, you know, I don't know. Um, on my good days, I feel good. And I try to keep doing the things that I love uh, that stuff as long as I'm able to. And I mean, who knows? I think just being hopeful, maybe something will come, a better treatment options will come around. Yeah. She went on to say that we need to keep fighting, but... I lost that audio when I was trying to edit because I'm not very good at this yet. So Renee, I totally apologize. And I would really like to thank you for coming on. I absolutely loved talking to you and I hope that we keep in touch. If coming on the podcast is something that you think you would be interested in, please email me at chronicallyjillpodcast at gmail.com or go to www.chronicallyjill.ca and fill out the form. And hopefully we'll be able to get you on. Tell me a bit of your story. It doesn't matter whether you're a sufferer or a caregiver or someone with loved ones who have chronic illnesses. I want to hear your perspective and I'm sure a lot of other people do as well. I had just so much fun taping this second episode and I want to thank Renee for giving her time and being willing to talk to me, especially while I fumbled through most of that because, yeah, I'm still learning how to do this. I want to thank my husband for helping me produce and being just so supportive and helping me figure out the Zoom interviews. I would like to thank my kids for causing a delightful interruption with all of my animals. <laughs> and I want to thank the internet for giving me most of the information about Aladinia.
And once again, this is an independent podcast, which I am recording on my own with little help. So if you are able to support us by going to our Patreon or our Acast and giving it as little as $2 monthly to get access to early episodes or ad-free episodes and transcripts and more, that's amazing. If not, that's totally cool. I just want to thank you for listening and sharing if you feel like doing so. I am loving doing this so far and I hope that I can keep doing it for a while. So every single little bit of support helps. Lots of love and gentle hugs. Have a great night. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 